think about it in terms of managing every intersection, every touch point that you have with a stakeholder at the optimal level and resisting the temptation to deprioritize one or the other. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. It all started with the user interface, the UI. That became the user experience, or UX. Then came the customer experience, followed quickly by the employee experience. Today on Status Go, we are welcoming back Mike Peck of Outside Source. He and I are going to talk about something that is called total experience. Mike, welcome back to Status Go. Thanks, man. Good to be here with you. Always looking forward to our conversations, Mike. I think to fill our audience in who may not have heard you on previous episodes of Status Go, can you give us a little bit of your background, how you how you came to be with us sure. today. Sure. My, I look at myself as a brand advocate. I have uh, an extensive background in brand management, uh, marketing communications, and most recently, how that kind of intersects with, with software development. So I run a team of developers and designers that uh, that kind of manage both sides of the brain, right brain and left brain, when it comes to creating experiences for organizations. Excellent. Well, I know from our conversations that uh, this is a, a subject that is near and dear to your heart. It's something that you've really dug into over the course of the last uh, some period of time, uh, months yeah. that we, you and I have been talking about it. So let's dive right in. Let's talk about this concept of total experience. So I would, I would define it uh, relative to a recent article I read from Gartner. Think about it in terms of managing every intersection every touch point that you have with a stakeholder at the optimal level and resisting the temptation to deprioritize one or the other. Um, and as an example, retail in particular does this. They, they look at, at every single interaction that they have with a customer and they, or an audience and they look to optimize it. So talk about what that, in practice, what does that mean for an organization to look at these different touch points and the intersections of them. And how does that, how's that different than the way many organizations operate today? It manifests itself because a total experience means that everybody from marketing, human resources, sales, product management, customer service, and IT have to get on a similar page, if not the same page. And IT tends to be the most important one in that. And the main reason is because IT is often the gatekeeper with respect to technological adoption. So IT, and this is the marketing guy speaking into the world of IT, so please forgive me. <laughs> IT has to deeply consider what's been done before, what is currently being done, and then what the future might be in order to deploy these, these systems. How does it differ from the past Basically, those groups that I talked about operated in silos, marketing, human resources, sales, uh, product management, engineering, customer service had their own fiefdoms. There was some connection, but they didn't always sit down and say, 
what can we do to make this complete and and optimal? Well, and it, and it seems to me that when you're when you're thinking about the various groups that you've named, and you know, one group owns the customer experience, one group owns the user experience. IT sits underneath all of that, as you were saying. They're kind of yeah. the uh, uh, the gatekeepers, so to speak, of all the technology. But have you run into the to the issue that? IT doesn't really think in terms of employee experience, for example. They think more in terms of user experience, mm. which in my mind is vastly different. First of all, well, let me ask you that. What, what do you see as the difference between user experience and employee experience? Okay, so, and, and again, I will borrow some terms from Gartner. Um, Gartner talks about four. Gartner talks about what they call multi-experience, which is think of it like voice, voice assistant, touch screens, the things kind of outside of the traditional, right? So what happens in those cases? Customer experience as defined by Gartner, and I would broaden it, but as defined by Gartner, it's essentially the purchase experience. What happens when somebody interacts with you from a supply chain perspective in order to do commerce? Employee experience is what on earth is it like to be an employee? What's it like once you are in the organization? And user experience is, uh, in Gartner's terms, what it means to interact with a product post-purchase. So these days, software as a service obviously needs to look at user experience. What's it like to use that, that product? So those are the ways that, that I would define the different pieces. The other thing that I see a lot in IT departments today uh, sorry to focus so much on that, but you know, right. when you brought up IT, you, you perked my uh, curiosity up. Um, so much of what I see in IT departments today, when you talk about customer, mm. their imagery, what they're visualizing are their peer employees in the organization they live ah. in, uh, the organization that they work in, not the external customer. So yeah. how do you begin, especially if they don't work on the customer facing systems, right? They may not be even working on the website or any of those types of, of media. They may be working on the back end system. So how do you begin to help them broaden their definition of customer to include the customer? So what I would suggest, if I could could speak into the life of IT directors, IT managers, CTOs, I would say take an hour or two and sit down with either sales or marketing and ask them to whiteboard what is the experience when somebody buys a product. Mm -hmm. And ideally speaking, look at the portals, you know, what happens when somebody places these, these orders, what happens? And do you mind if I give you an example? I love examples, man. I, I love examples. So years ago, I had exposure to a company that was a distributor. Mm -hmm. Now, in order to be a distributor, they had huge warehouses and orders would be placed on a regular basis. Those orders were managed by a huge inventory management system. I won't, I don't know who it was. It's not relevant who it was. Okay. But it was big and it was legacy. And that's the way that everybody placed an order. Well, they went through and did a beautiful brand refresh and they're, they're, 
external facing website. And keep in mind, customers had to get to that portal to order. They had to go through this website. So basically they go to this beautiful website with videos and pictures and testimonials from everybody on how wonderful the products were and beautiful colors. And in the top right hand corner, there was a button that says order. And when you clicked on that, you had an opportunity to put your password in and it was beautiful. And as soon as you hit submit, you got a white screen with drop down boxes with eight point type that looked like it, it fell out of 1987. Yeah. Now, it was very functional and it would have been very expensive to revise, but it's a breakdown in that in that experience because you're kind of walking through three beautiful rooms and then opening up the other door and going, whoa. And the customer told them that it was hard to order. It was difficult to order. The customers told them that, but it was such a big lift to change that they said, I'm not going to change. It. And I'm just going to live with it that way. Yeah. Yep. So my answer to your earlier question is the more IT understands all of these different groups, what happens on touchscreens, what happens on voicemail, what happens, what happens when an employee gets a welcome email, and then how are they connected to a learning management system six months later? Mm -hmm. And maybe IT doesn't own the content. Likely they don't own the content of those systems, but it would be interesting to see which ones look like they belong together. Yeah. Well, and I love the way that you bring in the tie together the customer experience with the employee experience, because just going back to the, the uh, distributor example that you gave, I'm sure that the employees that had to work with that legacy application were dealing with that same sort of user interface that the customers were having to, to place in the order. And it had to be impacting their work experience as well. Yeah. And in their case, and in the employee's case, they don't know any different. Mm -hmm. But the customers that are ordering, they know different. And this is one of the things, one of the global things that I, I think IT managers are probably more in tune with than others, is that over the last four years, technology has moved so quickly that your your speed to frustration level is shorter yep. <laughs> right your, yeah your yeah, time yeah. from happiness to disgust is much shorter than it used to be yeah yeah i click that button i want immediate responsiveness from whatever is going on on the on the back end i don't want to wait for a half a second much less two or three or four uh, yeah. I get, I, i'm as much guilty of that as anybody. So I, I think you're exactly right on that, Mike. So in thinking about this mesh of user experience, employee experience with customer experience, what have you seen companies gain from tying those together? Or, or in your research, what have you read about why do we do this? Why do we need to worry about this intersection of these four areas? Okay, so I'm not going to be able to point to research, but I'll be speculative. Okay. If you could reduce employee turnover by allowing that employee to feel more connected to the brand and to the experience of an organization, that benefits you. If you reduce customer turnover by eliminating frustration, that benefits you. If you could reduce the number of calls that your call center gets because of the way that you look at multi-experience and, and calling voicemail uh, for customer service, 
all of those pay back because they save time. It takes forever to find an employee. And mm -hmm. one of the one of the thoughts that I had when I was thinking about this was this this whole idea of if somebody was looking for a job and they were they were just enamored by the whole process, by the interview process, just excited about the opportunity. And they said yes. What an organization wants to avoid is six months down the road, that employee saying, wow, this is not the company I interviewed with yeah. because it was really hard to get their computers up to speed. It was really hard to, to connect to all the systems. There wasn't really any training. So they felt like they were left out you know, to fend for themselves. And I'm making that up, but mm -hmm. I'm just saying that the benefits to, to total experience are all across the board. And Gartner estimates... I think Gartner said something to the effect of by 2024, organizations that look at this total picture will outperform customer satisfaction by 25% with respect to their competition. And, and I'm sure that's just a satisfied level of satisfaction study, but I think it's valuable. I think it's incredibly valuable. And 25% is a pretty significant difference when you think it about is. And I can, I can tell you, I mentioned this at the beginning. One of my suppositions is that there are things in the experience chain, there are pieces of that puzzle that are looked at as not primarily important. Mm -hmm. Not important. And I'm going to give you a hypothetical situation. And let's just say this happened. This is you, okay? <laughs> because I'm being hypothetical, but I'm, but I'm not in terms of what happens. So let's say that you had a you personally had a utility bill that got lost and you sent it one day before it was due. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's in the mail. What would you prefer to get? An email back from them saying, I know that it's probably in the mail, but we just wanted to let you know that we're still awaiting your, mm -hmm. your payment. Or the computer immediately sending it to a call center and that call center is all about collections and they're calling you on your cell phone. Yeah. Which one do you want? Well, and, I'd rather have the, the gentle reminder, right? Exactly. Because yeah, not, yeah. Ev not every customer is in the, I need a collection hammer to come after the, the funds. So that is a, mm -hmm. that's a customer experience touch point that needs to be, that should be evaluated. So how quickly yeah. do you do yeah. you send that off to the call center? And in how does it happen? And what what does it happen, or what happens? So yeah, in that example, they probably have the data that shows that over the last twenty years, I've never been late exactly. on a payment. Exactly. Right. So why jump to the worst possible? So in conclusion? a way, they're offending you, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's absolutely. the that's the main yeah. point here is that you can offend your audiences unintentionally by not thinking about the complete experience. And because there are so many options out there for everything, you, as an organization, you don't want to risk that. You want every touch point yeah. to be a valuable stakeholder touch point. And one of the things that, that we've talked about before, Mike, is that when you have these situations, it begins to erode the trust that you have with the organization as a consumer, uh, as someone who's trying to interact with that business on a, in this case, exactly a monthly right. basis to get my utility bill. But that erosion of trust starts to dramatically impact your customer. Exactly right. And 
one of the reasons that it's hard is in, that in every transaction there are handoffs. So let's say you're in the B2B space and you have a very intensive long-term sales cycle and that sales cycle gets complete and the salesperson gets his commission and then off it goes into another department that's carrying it. Is the care and attention to detail similar? What's it like to actually do business with a company as opposed to being pursued by the company? What's it like when you're renewing an agreement or a contract? And it's, it's a never ending proposition because technology is going to change. Demographics are going to change, but managing trust yeah. through what it feels like to do business with you is vital. Well, it's the, it's the cliche example of, you know, the cell phone companies or the cable TV companies that, Hey, we're going to, we're going to offer you a, a 50% discount for your first year. And gosh, here I've been a customer of that cable company or that cell phone company for 10 years and I got to pay full rate. And it's that customer acquisition that they're trying to get. And in the meantime, they're ticking off their existing long-term customer. Yes. One of the things we were talking about earlier when we were talking about uh, the, I think it was back, we were talking about the distributor and the backend systems that were still kind of legacy and archaic uh, somewhat. I think one of the things that is starting to happen is this concept of the consumerization mm. of IT. Because yeah. our employees, while they may be used to working with the white screen, with the text drop downs and all that, at work, at home, and I know our audience can't see me hold up my smartphone, but at home, this is our, our user experience now. And we're starting to see a lot of pressure from our employees that they want their systems at work to work like they do at home. Yeah. Have, have you started to see that in, in your work, Mike? And how are you helping customers address that? Oh, certainly we're seeing it. And Gartner talks about it in terms of retail kind of leading the way. Um, I talk about it in terms of what is what is normative for customer experience. So, you know, picture yourself in a large metropolitan area and you're waiting for the bus. There is no one that's holding their laptop on their, you know, while they're standing and and looking at anything. They are all looking at their cell phones. So swapping yep. is convention. Um, the, you know, talking, talking to text, voice activated systems are all conventions. Those are things that every business needs to keep in mind as they evolve their customer experience. Because if you take something that's normative and apply it to your world, it'll, the adoption goes much more quickly than if you force them to learn something new or, or be satisfied with something old and have no choice, meaning the distributor order system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that poor distributor, we're just picking them apart today. Yeah, didn't to. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's a lot of organizations out there like that, that they've invested quite heavily on their forward-facing, their front-facing websites and interactions with the consumer. But the back-end systems are still the stalwarts, right? It's yep. the systems that have been running our businesses for a long time, but they don't have that that experience with them. Yeah. And I think 
as we especially move forward from 2022 onward, we're going to see more and more of a push with this. I happen to agree with Gartner that this is a huge area for companies to invest in and be cognizant of this these intersections. So as you work with your clients, uh, how do you help them? What are kind of their first steps that you think they should take? Well, our first step is very similar to what I said earlier on, and that is just take a look at the steps of the journey. If you're looking at an employee onboarding process, look at every single step. If you're looking at a transaction, look at every single single step. What needs to take place? What screens are they looking at? What are they supposed to do? How easy is it for you to understand what you're supposed to do? Because when someone's going through an experience, basically every, every screen along that step is a challenge for them. Can I figure out what I'm supposed to be doing? So what we do is we help people figure out that journey and then ask the question, what if we skipped three of those slides or three of those steps and simplify them? Mm-hmm. Because really that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants to finish an experience digitally and, and think in their heart, that was easy. Obviously those guys paid a lot of attention to my mm-hmm. time and cared about yeah. my time. Yeah. How do you get IT on board? Because a lot of times they're the they're kind of the department is of no. They're, yeah, they're they're the gatekeepers, as you were mentioning earlier. But in, in a lot of times, it's like, nah, we don't think that's the right way to go. How do you begin to convince them otherwise? So my question to IT would be, what would happen if you were a champion for customer or an employee success rather than a than a, than a keeper of no? And that doesn't mean you have to buy everything. It just means that you can, as IT, you can step into the role of being a champion. What if we did this? What mm-hmm. if we use this system and then also brought this system underneath because it, it has consistency? What if we brought marketing to a meeting where we were talking about order entry just so they could see how the brand showed up? I would ask them to be champions, not just gatekeepers. I love that because I know a lot of our listeners out there are, they listen to our show because they want, they want something more than the status quo, right? Right. They want to, they want to push the envelope and becoming a champion of this total experience would be a great way to, to do that. And I, I know you were talking earlier about one of the ways to start to begin to understand the journeys of the various people that interact with your organization, be it customers, be it employees, is to sit down with sales or sit down with marketing and and talk to them. I'd take it a step further and encourage IT to talk to some of the customers, the real customers. In your experience, when you're you're working with your clients, uh, are they... Are they working with a customer avatar or are they really working and interacting with customers and potential customers to help solve some of these problems? So most of the time, unless budgets allow for some direct research, what we're doing is we're doing user journeys and user personas based on a on a profile target. And we're really looking at what is the activity that you're that they are trying to to accomplish that they need to accomplish. 
-hmm. And then any sort of research where we're given the opportunity to talk to customers, we we will. So I'm in agreement with you that if, if IT is allowed or given the freedom to talk to a customer, it would be a great thing. So for example, let's say that you're an IT director and you get permission to call one of the largest customers and all you say to them is, look, my role is in IT to make your job easier. What is what is one thing I could do in the coming six months to make your make what you guys do easier? And the same could be true if they're talking internally. Uh, right, right. If, if, IT, could, if IT set up a meeting with sales and marketing and said, what's the what's your biggest issue that you could that you would want to solve? It, and again, yeah. it doesn't mean that it's all about writing checks. It means it's just showing empathy for these other departments and trying to right. build bridges between them. Absolutely. Because you, you may not be able to jump in and, and fix or change something in that area right away, but you're armed with that knowledge. So as future enhancements or future new applications come your way, you can say, hey, we need to incorporate that or we need to incorporate this in, into that, right? Predominantly, the first step is to identify glaring gaps that you didn't realize. Yeah, yeah. Or, now, yeah. This, I'm going to use a, a silly example, but this is a gap, right? There was a recently, I called the direct line of a sales representative and that sales representative had forwarded their line to their cell phone. So I was, I was waiting for it and all of a sudden I heard, and they had never listened to their voicemail message. Uh -huh. They had never listened to what it sounded like on the other end. Yeah. And so IT's job initially is just to identify gaps. Where's the low hanging fruit that wouldn't take much mm -hmm. to expose uh, an opportunity to, to improve. That's what I would yeah. suggest. Yeah. Mike, we're, Closing in on, on time here, uh, I want to give you a chance when you're thinking about total experience, what haven't we touched on in our conversation today? Well, the only thing, this is kind of a summary of a few different points. Does IT know what an ideal experience might be for customers, for suppliers, for employees, or all stakeholders, are they aware of it? Because if they're not aware of what an ideal experience is, then just the fact that there is an experience is in their mind good, and I don't believe that's optimal. So simply gaining awareness, what happens when a new employee gets hired? What does it look like when they log into the learning management system? How do they get, what's the process for getting getting a computer? What's the process for calling a help desk? What is the, what is that? message sound like when they call the help desk and what what information can they be gathering to fuel technology platform decisions because in the ideal world if i was in sales and marketing and it came to me and said look what i uncovered this is going to make your job easier they would they would be the heroes oh absolutely in, instead of the the office of no well mike you know on status go we love to end with a strong call to action so for our listeners out there today, what are one or two things that they should start doing tomorrow because they listened to our conversation today? Uh, tomorrow, I would make a list of all the, the people in these various departments that you have met in person. And if not, call them and introduce yourself. Yeah. 
find find the gaps and just get a sense get a sense of who they are and what they're wrestling with now i respect the fact that it is is likely the busiest job in a company <laughs> but understand that all those different groups are starting to collide yeah. and the more it can be in the middle and like i said be a champion instead of a blockade that's the most important thing that is excellent advice make a, make a list of the the intersections and who you know at those intersections well mike i want to thank you again uh, for being such a huge supporter of status go uh, i know it goes well beyond our interviews that we do for status go because you and i have conversations uh, periodically and yeah. it always comes back to these kinds of concepts that we're talking about. So I appreciate you so much. And thank you for carving out time to be on the program again. My pleasure. It's always good to talk to you, my friend. We will see you soon. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. To our listeners, if you have a question or want to learn more, visit intervision.com. The show notes will provide links and contact information. For Mike Peck, this is Jeff Tun. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.